Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Our gospel lesson for today is Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received five talents went off and at once traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave! You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him, and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will receive in abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, Throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here ends our gospel lesson. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This joke was shared with uh, Harvard's Wharton School of Business. A man was walking along and, uh, in, in, the country, on the, in the countryside when he comes across a shepherd who has a huge flock of sheep. Now he tells the shepherd, I will bet you $100 against one of your sheep that I can tell the exact number that is in this flock. <clears throat> the shepherd thinks, for, thinks it over for a little bit. He's got a pretty big flock, so he says, okay. 973, the man replies. The shepherd is astonished because that is exactly right. So he says, okay, I'm a man of my word. Take an animal. The man picks one up and begins to walk away. Wait, cries the shepherd. Let me have a chance to get even. Double or nothing. 
I can guess your exact occupation. The man says, sure. You are, an, you are an economist who works for a government think tank, says the shepherd. Amazing response, the man. You are exactly right. But tell me, how did you deduce that? Well, the shepherd said, put down my dog and I will tell you. <laughs> this is my roundabout segue into talking about a parable, our parable for today. In it, we hear about a wealthy landowner leaving for a journey and entrusting three servants with his money. One servant with five talents, one servant with two, and the last servant with one talent. Now, this was no small amount of money, even the one talent. These amounts are roughly equivalent to tens of thousands of dollars in modern currency. So the stakes of what they did with that money were pretty high. Of course, as we all just heard, the two servants with the higher amounts went out right away and doubled their master's money, while the third buried his one talent in the ground for safekeeping, fearing his master's wrath if he were to lose this sizable sum on a risky investment or a bad deal. When the master returned after a long time, he received the doubled sums from the first two servants and rewarded them with praise, saying, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, the third slave, on the other hand, was chastised by his master for holding on to his one talent. <clears throat> the master said, Take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. The shrewd and the besters in the story were treated handsomely, while the shrewd saver is promised to be thrown into the outer darkness. Read in a certain light, this parable is a capitalist dream come true. In our economic system of taking capital, trading, investing in it to grow one's wealth, and be reward, being rewarded for taking risks over those who just play it safe, this parable seems like the, just, the cap, this, just the story that capitalists want to hear. Slaves who took their master's money and doubled it were given a place of joy and celebration in the household. The slave who hoarded the gift that was entrusted to him out of fear <clears throat> of, what, of what might happen with it if he took those same risks, that guy was chastised and despised when the master returned. For those of us who work hard, save for retirement, grow our businesses and our brands, and work diligently to grow our farms and ranches, or at least hold on to them for one more year. It would seem like Jesus gets us. I, for one, started investing in the stock market out of college with the modest earnings from my first full-time job in the wake of the 08 recession, recognizing that the market was at its bottom and would likely only go up from there. Now, while I was proven right about my assessment of the markets at that time, 
I did not make the kind of money that these slaves did. Still, the fact that the financial risks I took on a decade ago are reflected in this parable seems like a biblical validation of my stock purchases. The investors, the risk takers, they are praised, while the savers, the cautious ones, they are condemned. Yet, <clears throat> to all my investment-minded friends who get excited over this parable, I must remind us all that it is a parable, and parables are never meant to be interpreted literally. Parables are stories that are always pointing us to something else. This is not a story of how to make money or commit to a biblically sound financial strategy, as tempting as that interpretation might be. It is also not a story about free markets. I feel obligated to point out that this is a story of slaves making money for their masters. In modern economic language, the story is much more akin to communist authoritarian regimes than individualistic free market systems. So, we can all rest at ease that this is not meant to be read literally. We don't literally need to become slaves, right? No, this story is about the gift of the gospel being entrusted to the disciples and how they were to think about that gift when the master went away. The good news of their salvation was given to them so that they might share it with others in, the, in abundantly generous ways. The gifts of the Spirit <clears throat> that accompany this process do indeed shake out like the different amounts given to the different servants. Some of us are entrusted to, with 10 talents worth of spiritual gifts, others with two, and still others with one. Yet the intent behind all of these gifts is the same. They are meant to be shared with the world around us. The gospel does not need safekeeping. It is not intended to be buried in a hole, but instead spread far and wide. We've got to get the news out there, that good news, even if it means taking substantial risk. In 1832, Jehu Jones Jr. Was, the first, was ordained as the first Lutheran pastor of African descent in the United States. He was originally planning to depart as a missionary to free blacks returning to the continent of Africa in the American colony of Liberia. It's now a country, but then at that time it was our colony. However, racist, oppressive policies in his home state of South Carolina barred him from departing with his fellow immigrants. So Jones fled north. Upon the suggestion of Lutheran friends in the north, Jehu Jones settled in Philadelphia as a missionary to African Americans in our first capital. He got to work, starting churches immediately, and in 1834 started St. Paul's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Philadelphia. This was a free congregation where black Lutherans could worship without being segregated to back pews away from white members of the assembly. 
boldly. Jehu Jones had taken on great personal risk and debt obligations to make sure that his congregation could build a building in which they could worship freely. Yet, his creditor soon came calling. Jehu Jones appealed to the Pennsylvania Lutheran Synod for help. (laughs) In a scene that I have seen play out similarly at church meetings nearly 200 years later, instead of helping this unique mission to the um, underserved and poor African-American Lutherans in Philadelphia, Jehu's white Lutheran colleagues quibbled over whose name was and should be on the deed. While they quibbled, hemmed and hawed, his creditors kept knocking and stepping up the pressure for loan repayments. As you can imagine, in antebellum America, his African-American congregation was too poor to pay their way out from under the building debt. And unfortunately, Neighboring Lutheran congregations were unwilling to help in their time of need. Five years after building St. Paul's, the first African-American Lutheran church in the United States, they were forced to sell their building. Still, though they had taken on great risk and service to the gospel, but failed to retain their building, the congregation remained largely intact. Homeless as a community of faith, St. Paul's Evangelical Lutheran Church continued to worship as a congregation, and Jehu Jones, Jr. remained their pastor. Though he was underpaid by the people he served, underappreciated by his Lutheran colleagues, and a minority within a religious minority at the time, always, I guess, Jehu continued to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and give hope to the downtrodden. He invested all that he had to the mission which God had called him to in Philadelphia. And though he had suffered great material setbacks in service to this mission, he continued to preach to oppressed Lutherans in Philadelphia until his death in 1852 at the age of 66. I have no doubt that when he joined the faithful departed, our Lord said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Reverend Jehu Jones, Jr. lived the parable for today. At at nearly every turn, the world around him would have him turn back and bury his gifts in the ground until our Lord returned. But he never strayed in his mission to take the gifts of the gospel, the good news of our salvation, and share it with some of the poorest and most oppressed in antebellum America. It would have been easier for him to just give up, turn away, and bury his gifts for ministry in the ground. But instead, he persevered and continued to spread the gospel until the end. He would not be deterred in sharing his hope in the resurrection 
and he is an example worth following. May Jehu's example be a light for all of us as we continue to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to our neighbors in our own lifetimes. May we never forget that the gospel is always worth sharing, no matter the cost. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you have enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.